we'll begin with the meditation, then there'll be a talk, and then uh, questions, comments, discussion. Please sit upright in whatever posture you're in, whether you're on a cushion or a bench or a chair. attention to your body sitting here. And, and just relax here in the seated posture. I'm going to begin the instructions with a quote from the Buddha who said, it is in this way that we must train ourselves by liberation of the self through love. It is in this way we must train ourselves by liberation of the self through love. We must develop love, we will practice it, we will make it both a way and a basis, take our stand upon it, store it up, and thoroughly set it going. This is from the Buddha and the Samyutta Nikaya. And so to start the new year, we're going to do some loving kindness practice to begin. And I'll give instructions and guide the loving kindness. It's more of a guided meditation. And please stay with me and play with it. And if you really don't want to do loving kindness, you can always turn me off turn off the sound, and just do whatever practice works for you. Um, yeah, and then we'll end the meditation about 6.30. So if you're going to stay with me, then sit upright in a very comfortable way. And the loving-kindness meditation that we'll do, we'll do it by very quietly, like a whisper in the mind, say these phrases that are imbued with kindness and care and the wish for well-being. And of course, we're going to start with ourselves, which sometimes for some people is the most difficult person to do loving kindness for, but do it anyways and see what happens. And I'll say the phrases and then you can repeat them silently in your heart and mind. And then just feel the resonance of the phrase in whatever form. So we'll work with four very basic phrases. The wishing to be safe. And the phrase is, may I be safe. May I be happy. May 
May I be healthy. May I live with ease. And then very quietly, very relaxed in your heart and mind, repeating the phrases to yourself. And you could do one phrase with one breath, what some people do. May I be safe. May I be happy. May I be healthy. May I be at ease. And continuing saying the phrases very quietly, gently, offering these good wishes to yourself. Some people like to breathe in and out from the heart center while they're doing metta practice. And so you can do that with each breath. May I be safe. May I be happy. May I be healthy. May I be at ease. Repeating the phrases a little like a mantra over and over, very relaxed, very kind, as if your heart could speak. You can say the phrases as if each phrase is radiating in your body, heart, mind. May I be safe. May I be happy. May I be healthy. with ease.
gently letting the good wish to be safe, happy, healthy, at ease, saturate your body and being. Not thinking about the phrases or figuring that I'm out or having to do anything. Just letting the kind words resonate in your being. As you get comfortable just simply saying the phrases, you can also expand them or customize the phrase so that it speaks from your own heart. And I'll offer you an example of this in the phrases that I use when I'm doing this practice. May I be safe, protected, free from inner and outer harm. May I be safe, protected, free from inner and outer harm. May I abide in happiness true happiness, real happiness. healthy in body, heart, and mind.
live with ease of well-being. Very gently relaxed, repeating the phrases many times and then going on to the next phrase or repeating it once and going through the four. And please feel free to either use the phrases I use or customize the phrase so that it's your heart speaking, so that it works for you in a real way. So it's sincere. May I be safe, protected, free from inner and outer harm, wishing this for myself. May I abide in happiness, true happiness, wishing this for myself. health in body, heart, and mind. I wish this for myself. May I live with ease of well-being in every moment, wishing this for myself. Please take up the practice for yourself, either customizing it letting the words come from your heart. Or you can always return to the phrases that I offered or the simple phrases of may I be safe, happy, healthy, at ease. Letting the good wishes, the metta, saturate your body and being.
And as we offer these good wishes to ourselves, we want to expand the space of the practice to include everybody in the room with us together. That we're on a, we're in a room together, a virtual room of practice with the Sangha. And so we can offer our good wishes to the other people here. May you be safe. You might remember who's here or just have an idea, an image of the Sangha, however it is, but just offer your good wishes. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live with ease. And of course, including yourself with everybody as you offer the practice to the Sangha tonight. May you be safe, protected, free from inner and outer harm. I wish this for you. May you abide in happiness, true happiness, full happiness. May you enjoy health in body, heart, and mind to whatever degree possible. I wish this for you. May you live with ease of well-being. Using the simple phrases or expanding them in whatever way works for you to offer your good wishes to the Sangha here tonight. And give yourself fully to the practice that's happening right now. Of metta, of loving kindness, of friendliness. Of course, feel free to, if it doesn't work, to expand the space to include others, stay with yourself. But if it does work to keep expanding the space, then we'll continue, including ourselves, the Sangha, and people outside of the Sangha, 
other people in your house, people in your building, if you live in a building with others, people on your street, wishing them well. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live with ease. And if you get tired and are falling asleep, which happens, please stand up and do the metta. The metta doesn't work if you're falling asleep. Wishing, sending good wishes, kindness, love all around you, yourself, family, friends, and wherever you are. I see people from San Francisco or Oakland or other places in the East Bay and New York. All around you, whatever part of the San Francisco you're in, or Oakland, or New York, just the people you remember, you walk by, you might not even relate to them much, but you see them. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live with ease. I wish this for you. And then expanding the space of love, of mindfulness, of metta to go out in every direction around you. As if it was part of the atmosphere of the city you're in or the town you're in, wherever you are, even if you're in the country, Expand it to include all the people, but all the other animals that might be around, all the other beings. So that there's no limit to our loving kindness, it goes in every realm. May you be safe, protected, free from harm. Wishing this for the people and the dogs and the cats and the birds. May you be happy, whatever you are, wherever you are, close to me or far away from me. I wish this for you. Offering it to the other animals who might be around in whatever realm we're near, in the lakes or rivers or oceans, the fish, the whales, if you're near San Francisco, which are here lately. The salmon, may you be healthy 
On every realm may you be healthy. And in uh, whatever state you're in, whatever country you may be in, whatever continent people are in, animals are in, we want to include everyone, every being, so that we send our love, our kindness, our care, our good wishes out in every direction, in every realm, in every world. May all beings be safe. May all beings be happy. May all beings be healthy. May all beings be at ease. Offering your good wishes and kindness to all beings everywhere. Letting your loving kindness radiate in every direction. Letting the good wishes radiate in front of you, to the side of you, and behind you, and above you, and below you. May all beings everywhere be happy, healthy. Safe. At ease. May all beings everywhere be free. it's customary to say Happy New Year. So Happy New Everything, because as you know, everything is always actually new. Each moment is brand new. And uh, I just came back from teaching the New Year's retreat at Spirit Rock. And we had a great time actually teaching the New Year's retreat. It was, it was a beautiful retreat on Zoom like this. I see some of you were there. I see at least two people who were there, maybe more. Um, and partly I wanted to talk about love tonight because I, I named the talk something like welcoming the New Year's with love because it seems so um, 
resonant with what happened on the retreat and what was there. And even this, the what we call the heart practice, we were practicing every night, metta practice, some different forms of metta. And I found it so moving, it's so beautiful, really. And there was so much love there in different ways. You know, the love of the Dharma that was there, that brought people there, that kept people there, that people uh, uh, really gave themselves to practice, which is one of the themes we were using. How do you give yourself to practice? And uh, to meditate. So there was a lot of love of Dharma, of practice, of meditation, of Samadhi, and, uh, and, and people, and people appreciating the community, because we'd meet in groups, people would meet in small groups with teachers every day. And, uh, and there was just so much appreciation, even for one another practicing together in this form. And it was really beautiful in my, in my, uh, that was my perception of it, the beauty of it. And uh, also there was a lot of love between the teaching team, which was myself and Pamela, uh, who's part of SFI, if you're new to SFI, Pamela Weiss, and, um, and um, Tuere Sala, who's the head teacher of Seattle Insight Meditation, and uh, Devin, um, who's an old friend and student and now she and Tuere are part of the IMS teacher training that's happened. And, uh, and we, had, we had such a, a good time. We had fun together. And yeah, Tuere and I have a really lovely relationship. We can really uh, play with one another in a way that I enjoy so much. And so does she. She makes me laugh and, and she's not afraid to uh, poke me in ways for fun and vice versa, it works both ways. And um, yeah, so it was really a very loving retreat. And I was surprised at how powerful the metta practice was for me. And of course I wasn't even at every metta uh, teaching, but I did. Um, I did teach it and also participate almost every time. And it was really, it was totally great. And it was great also to watch people discover their hearts and wake up and watch their hearts open, not just from the, but from the practice of actually being here and being present and being real together. Pam had a beautiful teaching that she started with where she used five words. Let's see if I can get them. It was here, it was be here, be real, be kind, be open, be free. That was a great theme for the whole retreat. And it could be a theme that we continue here, whether you want to retreat or not, we'll let you into the secret retreat teachings right now right? Be here, because the whole practice is about being here, right? And be real with what's here, because that, that's key to the Dharma unfolding. And then be kind, because kindness is essential to practice functioning. And, and be open to seeing what happens as we 
stay present in the lived moment and then be free to be yourself, to be real. And uh, there were a lot of great poems, so I stole some poems just from Tuere. Tuere always reads poems every time she does anything. So this is a poem called Touched by an Angel from Maya Angel Angelou. She said, we, unaccustomed to courage, exiles from delight, live coiled in shells of loneliness. We, unaccustomed to courage, exiles from delight, live coiled in shells of loneliness until love leaves its high holy temple and comes into our sight to liberate us into life, to liberate us into life. Beautiful teaching right there. She said, love arrives and in its train come ecstasies. Love arrives and in its train comes ecstasies. All memories of pleasure, ancient histories of pain. Yet, if we are bold, love strikes away the chains of fear from our souls. We are weaned from our timidity in the flush of love's light. We are weaned in our timidity from the flush of love's light. We dare be brave and suddenly we see that life costs all we are, that, excuse me, not life, that love costs all we are. Love costs all we are and will ever be. Yet it is only love which sets us free. Suddenly we see that love costs all we are and will ever be, yet it is only love that sets us free. And it's a beautiful teaching and it's a beautiful, it's very syntonic with this teaching from the Samyutta Nikaya about this is how we train ourselves by liberation of the self through love. And it's interesting, I worked up, I worked up, I looked up a couple different uh, translations of it. Another one said we will, uh, how we should train ourselves, develop and cultivate the liberation of the mind heart by loving kindness was another way it was translated. Make it our vehicle, make it our basis, stabilize it, exercise it, and fully perfect it. And so you see how valued love is in the Dharma, even though that's also not the first thing we see. We hear about liberation and freedom and enlightenment, all good, but love is key and is part of it. And so Pam had those words, right, about be here, be real, be kind, be open, be free. And the word that I added on to it at the retreat was be curious be interested, wonder about things and investigate them directly. And that investigation means investigating your experience right now as it's happening, right where you're sitting while you're listening, investigate it not just intellectually or conceptually, but somatically, kinesthetically, energetically, the liveness that's here. I've got a phone ringing. Let me see if I can turn it off. Um, huh. There we go. 
um, yeah. So, um, yeah, so my word to add to all of it was be curious in this kinesthetic, somatic, energetic, affective way, this affective curiosity. Being curious, even here, right? More important than what I'm saying is what's actually happening in your seat because that's where the whole dharma is. So be aware of it. Be aware, even if you're playing with your machine or you're, you're getting distracted, be aware of what's distracted, not what's distracting, but what is it that's distracted, the liveness that's being distracted by the sound or your roommate or whatever it might be. And so, um, one of the questions I thought I would put into the room that we could talk about later during the discussion is, what do you love? What do you love? Because it's a question that came up for me on retreat and often comes up as part of my practice. You know, what do you care about? What touches your heart? And, and the word that came for me on the retreat and has been there really almost my whole life is freedom. I love freedom. I really like being free and I like freedom itself. I like the freedom to be or the freedom to be who and what we are, which I believe is what the Dharma is offering us is the potential for that freedom and the freedom to be real or the freedom to discover reality or the freedom to have realization free us. And I, I read these on the uh, retreat, but they're lovely quotes. This is from Dogen who said, realization, realization, neither general nor specific is effort without desire. Realization, neither general nor specific is effort without desire. Clear water all the way to the bottom, a fish swims like a fish. Vast sky, transparent throughout, a bird flies like a bird. And it's something about each of them are just being themselves, which is what we are all still learning to do, is actually be ourselves all the way to the end, all the way to the end of the self. We're learning how to be ourselves all the way to freedom, to wake up. And so I also love the Dharma and love practice and love what practice brings and this possibility of being real and discovering reality right here, right where you're sitting. You know, sometimes I say the whole show is right here. Um, um, and it's such good fortune to be here and to be able to practice, as you all know, but I'm reminding you, it's part of the, the, uh, uh, I'm looking for the right word. I believe it's part of what makes us happy is this preciousness of just being here and be able to be aware and awake right now in each moment, whatever's happening. 
and it gives us freedom that we can find in the middle of whatever is happening, even when we don't like what is happening. And of course, that's such a clear teaching that happens on retreat because everybody, not everybody, many people think, oh, I'll go on retreat, everything will be great and I'll be free, I'll be happy. And then you get on retreat, even, even, even when you actually go to Spirit Rock, it's not just, you're not just happy. There's all kinds of things we don't like, but we see that we can be happy even when there's things we don't like. That's the kind of freedom that comes. So we can respond skillfully to what we're not happy with so that we can respond skillfully to what we don't like instead of just being in reaction to it. Mm. And I was thinking about the loving kindness practice and I've done a lot of it. I did, uh, there was some point I did a month of loving kindness practice and I learned a lot about it in this form of repeating the phrases and then letting them resonate in body, heart, mind, right? For self, for benefactor, for, for friends, for, for, uh, diff for um, neutral people, for difficult people, you also, do, do loving kindness for people you don't like, which is really a great thing to do because of course the people you don't like, you may not like them, but you can still love them. And it's a great paradox of the practice. You can see that they're suffering. And I've said this before, and you could take anybody who you don't like. And if you look closely, if you look with the eyes of wisdom, of awareness, you see they're suffering. And if they're acting in a way that's totally inappropriate, whether it's, you know, whatever kind of prejudice they might be manifesting, whether it's economic or, 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 um, or um, uh, religious or racial or um, um, age prejudice or ability prejudice, it's because they're suffering in some way, even politically, right? It's the thing that people found the hardest is to, for most people here are not big fans of Donald Trump. And it was hardest for people to send loving kindness to Donald Trump because people don't see he's just suffering and he's acting out of his suffering and it causes others to suffer when people do that. But it's still his suffering is at the core of it, whether he knows he's suffering or not. It's there. Look, look carefully and you see it. You know, narcissism is a form of suffering. So, um, and I was remembering my, so I'm getting back to doing more loving kindness. I was remembering also my uh, bad bicycle accident after I got back and I was doing a little meditation, I would have a lot of fear during the night. That's when my fear would come. And I would end up just doing loving kindness practice for myself because that's what I needed. I needed some love and some care. I'd had a bad, what people would say now, traumatic accident, right? Actually, it was called a, yeah, um, Mild traumatic brain injury. Yeah, mild tra traumatic. Let me think. Mild. Mild something brain injury I had. Mild trauma. Anyhow, it was. And, and um, 
And, and the loving kindness practice, the simple phrases, it was actually all I could do to help myself and it would work. Because if you actually do it in this style, in the style of the phrases, what happens is it's also a samadhi practice and it begins to bring the body and heart together with the loving kindness. And it be, things simplify and purify in samadhi. It's why samadhi is one of the eight, um, um, it's part of the Eightfold Noble Truth. It's so important, right? Samadhi. And especially the samadhi of love. And, and in my recovery, the other place the loving kindness came was from, from, the, from the brain injury was one of the other places, in addition to a lot of loving kindness from other people, which many of you sent me, right, which worked. But also being in nature was so kind and so healing to me just to be out in the park among the trees or among the different animals or whoever, and even the people who were there, it didn't matter. There was some kind of love there that I felt and kindness and care that I felt. And I still go in the park so often and it always wakes me up. And part of it's the magic of life, which is just beautiful and feels like, to me, feels like a loving life is here. In, in nature itself. And just a little aside, but I was walking every morning in the retreat, I was walking very early and I would get up early so I could have a silent sitting with nobody talking. So, which Eugene likes a lot, silent, totally silent sitting. So, so I'd be up at 5 a.m. sitting, then I would eat a breakfast and then I would go walk in the park in, in the dark because it's pretty safe these days. And, uh, but I had an interesting experience where I'm walking, I'm walking, and I just feel something over there. And I look over at 20 feet away, there's a really big coyote there. And it's like, that woke me up. <laughs> I was like, and I and and I just read about some of the coyotes are having difficulty with people because people are trying to relate to them too much and feed them, which you should not do. And so some people actually got bit around the leg by coyotes because the coyotes are wanting food from humans now because people are training them to do that. And uh, anyhow, so I was, I got, I saw the coyote. It was like, oh, that, and he, and I got it. Oh, this is the time when they eat. It's still dark. The sun's just starting to come up, but they're out on the hunt. And I was like, okay, I love you, but stay away from me. <laughs> really, that's, that's what I felt. Oh, Lordy. And so, and the other Another piece on the retreat, I'll go about, there was somebody, she's not here tonight, but she used to be part of San Francisco Insight for many years. And she was on the retreat and uh, she was working with the Marana Sati uh, practice. She'd learned from Bhikkhu Inalyo. And you can all do this, but what he teaches is that um, with each in-breath, you realize this could be my last breath. You no, with each out breath. So with each in breath, you breathe in, you're inspired, you're, it's an inspiration to breathe in. And then with each out breath, you acknowledge 
this could be my last breath. And it's always true. It's always true. And it's and what it brings is a certain kind of some vega or urgency to practice because none of us knows when we're going to die. We just don't. And any time it could happen, you don't know. Could happen. It could happen right here. And actually, I've taught retreats where people have died on the retreat because death happens. It's normal. It's not a mistake. It can be tragic and painful, and and we could have tremendous, you know, be bereft and and grieve. But it's still just normal if you're living anything. That that thing we will all will die. And so she was working with it, and she was saying how precious life seemed when she she worked with that practice, because every breath was um, uh, could be her last breath. The other way that Analia likes to say it is, you could see that that every breath brings you one breath closer to death. Right, every breath, you we are all one death closer to death. And it's true. And again, it's not a mistake. It's not bad. You're not doing it wrong. It's just true. It's the way things are. And so we talked, she and I talked about loving the magic and goodness and wonder of being alive, right? Because it's here and it won't always be here. And so again, the question that I threw out to you before is what do you love? Somebody called me today, a young, young man who some practitioner, done a lot of practice and wanted to talk about something and, uh, and it had to do with love. And later I said to him, well, tell me what you, I'm going to talk about love tonight. What do you love? And here I'm going to tell you some of the things he said. He says, I love presence. I love spontaneity. I love adventure. I love people. I love pushing through self-imposed limitations. I love going deep. I love connection. I love sexual energy. I love nature. I love good food. And I love basketball. <laughs> and I love the, the basketball part because I also share that with him. I love sports, actually. Because, and, and I was trying to tell, I often try to tell people why I love sports, and I say it because there's so much dharma in sports. There's so much love of what people are doing, and they give themselves fully to it, and their samadhi is complete. They're totally concentrated. Uh, uh, you know, and you could look at any of the people in sports, whether it's Simone Biles, the, the gymnast, the beautiful, amazing, you know, gymnast who just you know, she's so in her body and what she's doing, she's just there, right? Or um, Patrick Mahomes, which many of you probably don't know, he's a quarterback for the, okay, good, Super Bowl winning um, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. And he's a young man and he's like just a brilliant goddamn quarterback. I mean, I, you know, I have a little bit of, oh, I hate the guy because he's on another team and he's so good. But I also love watching him because it's so beautiful how he gives himself to the game. He becomes the game, right? And that's part of what happens with Samadhi. 
or of course, um, you know, LeBron James is a great example in basketball and Steph Curry, both, you know, very different, very totally different kinds of people, kinds of players, but their beauty and their, their samadhi is so clear. I mean, and so their dedication and love of what they're doing and giving themselves fully. And then I saw one other thing, which I'm gonna tell you about that you can check out yourself. I don't know if I could put this in the chat, but I'll tell you, which is a young man, 14 years old named Kai Jones. I just saw this today. It was in the New York Times, right? Anybody know who Kai Jones is? The skier? Oh, great, Miru, that's great. And let me just look, I'm gonna check the other. Raise your hand, because I can only see, anybody else know? Great, Josh, great, okay, <laughs> good, 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 good. Oh, uh, let's say, okay, cool, got it. Um, so Kai Jones, here's what it said, 14-year-old ski daredevil, he's already a pro, and he's trying not to scare his parents, right? And it's really, it's a great line, because when I saw what he did, I thought, I am so glad he's not my son. That would make that would be so hard for me to watch what he does because he skis so out of the box and it's so wild what he does and he he it's like he goes to the top of this mountain in the what looks like the wilderness to me and he starts going down and he's going off of cliffs and spinning while he's doing it landing and then the next cliff it's not just like one time he just and he just and it's just way off into free air. He's into jumping into air. And I read somewhere his mother said, oh yeah, when he was just a little boy, he climbed up on the roof and he would jump off just to jump into the air. And it's something that's of clearly this kid has been given a gift around skiing. And, uh, and, uh, and he says, yeah, he re re uh, relentlessly practices both on and off the slopes, which give him confidence for the tricks that he is ready to do and that go viral when they're filmed. He's, he's a big deal on viral reality. And he freely admits, I crash a lot. He also concedes, I always say to myself, how far can I push it? And then he says, how far can I push it and not make my mom scared? Right, because I so appreciated, like watching him, I thought, how did his parents allow him to do this? Because really it would scare the shit of me, uh, out of me if my kid was doing this. And, uh, and yeah, you can just go to, go to the New York Times today and here, I'm gonna try, maybe I'll try it in a minute or two to put it in the, in the chat box for you all. Anyhow, another poem about how wondrous reality is, which is part of what happens on retreat. If you've never been on retreat, great. The article, Miru is putting it in the chat box. Um, um, uh, the article, yes, like I said, was in the New York Times, but it's really about the magic of humanity. And I have another poem from Joe Harjo Joy Harjo, excuse me, Joy Harjo. And Joy Harjo is a poet, musician, playwright, um, and is the first US uh, native, she's Native American uh, poet from the uh, 
Muskogee tribe, nation, excuse me, Muskogee nation. And she's the poet laureate of the United States right now. And she wrote this poem called Remember. She said, remember the sky that you were born under. And here's one thing I want to tell you. Sometimes she puts something in parentheses. So I'll say the word and I'll put up my hands like this so you can hear, see it at the same time, right? Remember the sky that you were born under. Know each of the stars' stories. Remember the moon. Know that the moon, she is. Remember the sun's birth at dawn that the strongest, that is the strongest point of time. Remember sundown and the giving away tonight. Remember your birth, how your mother struggled to give you form and breath. You are evidence of your mother's, her life and your mother's, mother's life, her mother's and their mother's, hers. Remember your father, he, your father is your life also. Remember the earth whose skin you are, red earth, black earth, yellow earth, white earth, brown earth, we are earth. Remember the plants, trees, animal life who have all, who all have their tribes, their families, their history too. Talk to them. Listen to them. They are alive poems. It's a beautiful line. I'll read it again. Remember the plants, trees, animal life, who all have their tribes, their families, their histories too. Talk to them. Listen to them. They are alive poems. Remember the wind. Remember her, the wind's voice. She, the wind knows the origin of the universe. Remember you are all people and all people are you. Remember you are all this universe and this universe is you. Remember all is in motion, is growing, is you. Remember language comes from this. Remember the dance language is, that life is, remember. Beautiful poem, so much dharma in the poem from joy, really just beautiful. Really the, the, the life of reality in all its different forms and its aliveness and its preciousness and its beauty and its magic and remembering that we are all people and all people are us and that we are the universe and the universe is us. Right, and that all is in motion, all is impermanent, all is changing, growing, and all of that is you, right? And even the language that this comes from is from the magic of that impermanence, of the source of the impermanence. Remember the dance that language is, remember the dance that life is. Hmm. So, 
I have a lot more, but uh, I'm not going to read it all too much. Let's see if there's anything else I want to say. Oh, I'll add a little bit. This is about um, a friend of mine who's in the Diamond Approach teacher was giving a has been giving a, gave a teaching on Christ consciousness. And so I told him I was teaching about love. And he said, what can you get? I said, you know, what can you give me, bro? And he said, he said, uh, Christ taught love as love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself, which was a radical, radical teaching in his time, place, era, and still to this day. Can you imagine if the world would actually live what Christ taught? That if we loved our neighbor as ourselves, really? And meaning even the neighbors we don't like, right? Because we're all here together. It's all one neighborhood, the world, the earth, right? And he also said Christ's love was very inclusive, that he was very inclusive of prostitutes and all the rejected aspects of life were included in his love and which and my friend said which is really important which is important about loving all the parts of ourselves that we tend to reject that's the kind of love we want to keep cultivating and Martin Luther King said it this way. He said, we're all caught in an inescapable network of mutuality tied together into a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. We are made to live together because of the interrelated structure of reality, which is based on in love. Mm. And so, yeah, I think I'll stop there. Okay, um, some time for your comments, questions, reactions. Please uh, raise your hand, go to the, it's not the participants button on mine, but it may be on yours, depending on what, um, what uh, era of Zoom you have. For some, it's at the participants. For, for me now, it's on the reactions uh, button. You go to the reactions button and it says raise hand, and then it'll raise your hand for me. And so if you would like to speak, please raise your hand because I'd love to hear what you have to say. And of course, it's where all the Dharma comes alive here. And if you've never done it before, doesn't matter. Do it anyways. Don't be, don't be afraid. Even if you're shy, just be shy and speak up. It always gets more interesting to me when you all speak. I've heard myself talk. I just got off retreat. I heard myself talk plenty. Who's raising their hand? Anybody? Not seeing it. Miru oh. has a raised hand. Okay, I'll be quiet.
Hi, Eugene. I raised my hand. I don't know if you can oh, see there it. There we go. Eric. Oh, sorry, Mary. I see Eric. I, you'll be next to me. Rick. Okay. Go, Eric. You start. And you have to unmute yourself, Eric. And if we could, it'd be great to see I'm you. Sorry, sorry. Here I am. And it's Mary. Okay, also, if you could turn on your video. Yeah. Can you hear me? I'm not hearing you, Eric. Can you hear me at all? Oh, yeah. Now I can hear you totally, Eric. Sorry, it's actually Mary, and I was trying to change my name because it's Eric and Mary. So sorry about that. It's okay. I don't, you could be Eric or Mary as fine. Oh, it really doesn't matter. Hi, yeah. thank you so much. There. Hi, yeah. wait a minute. I'll put you on, on um, speaker view. Yeah. Okay. Did I, did I do it okay? Yeah, you're good. You're, you're fine. Yeah, sorry. I don't feel kind of centered to ask a question, but I thought I'd take you up on the generous welcome or an invitation. Um, I really like, this is not, this is off the topic in a way with the meta meditation, mm -hmm. when you say all realms and all beings, Yes. does that include people that aren't dead? Yes. It does? Yes. Oh, oh yeah, you can do a lot of metta for people who have passed from this world. Okay, because it's, I know the, the metaphysics or the theology or the cosmology, I, you know, the, I don't understand whatever. I don't need to understand for now, and I don't understand where being fits into non-being and is his being. But you've answered it in the simplest, most necessary way, which is that I've lost your image, so I'm talking to someone else, but that's okay. Um, all right, so it includes all realms, meaning whatever that means, and then all beings. Did I lose? Yeah, I think Eugene is uh, calling in again. He, he, his <gasps> computer has probably crashed. Okay, thank you so much. Yeah, sure. So, I hate, I'm so sorry. I'm back. Yeah, I'm back. Sorry, yeah, it crashed. I had this on retreat too, a total drag. But, you know, Duca comes in many forms. Anyway, you answered it, basically. I'm just rambling. Yeah, it's okay. Rambling's okay, too. But really, yeah, you can totally be um, um, offer meta for beings in every realm and don't limit your idea of where beings, what realms are possible, because realm... Okay. It's all so much wilder than we think we know. If I get confused whether Buddhist practice allows for that uh, as opposed to he's in some vague non-being state or universal state or, you know, we're all... Not. Anyway, it's okay to just be loose about it in all realms and all beings. Yeah, totally. Because essentially, I don't want to necessarily jump to those that are dead per se, but whenever I'm meditating, and um, especially the meta, you know, the, the those who aren't healthy, those who are, who are in pain or mm -hmm. need love, by virtue of the grief, they're, they're he's, my son is coming up. Mm -hmm. Sure. Well, as people that are really not experiencing health so i i can be loose about all of those terms totally totally 
feel free to let your heart speak. Like, like I think of the kids in the bone marrow transplant ward who are suffering the way my son did. Like anyone, everyone, anyone's got their scenario, but I can go to them even though they're not experiencing health and I can be broad yeah. about whatever health might mean. Absolutely, right, A absolutely. Okay. Whatever okay. level of health is possible. Okay. Okay. And whatever health means. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Sure. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Um, but you're not Eric. I got to remember that. Okay. Good. Okay. Miru. Hi, Jane. Hi. Hi, everyone. Happy New Year. Um, I learned it from the retreat. <laughs> And thank you for the retreat. Uh, it was really, uh, it was really wholesome. And uh, during the retreat, I actually, actually, yeah, during the retreat, I learned the 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 etymology, the origin of the word of free, is similar to love. Uh -huh. So in the origin of the word free, there was a love component, which was so. I didn't know this until I discovered that, and then. Uh -huh. And it made so much sense uh -huh. that sure. it shares the same root. Um, That's great. Yeah. And although, but then I have to yell at you because you're not supposed to do stuff <laughs> like that while you're on retreat, <laughs> Yeah, I know. But I, there, was one, there was one question that came into my mind as we were talking about be free, and uh -huh. I got curious about that. So, yeah, I, I apologize. <laughs> it's okay. Um, you don't have to apologize. It's just. Just next time you have retreat, just do the retreat. You can always look up anything later. <laughs> yes. Um, and I, and it makes perfect sense as I as I th think about it, and then as I sit, um, I actually during the retreat toward the end. In the beginning, I was so fine, but then toward the end, I had this somehow some attachment to a certain thought, the way I am as a partner um, within my relationship. Mm -hmm. And I was deeply criticizing myself and, and basically I wasn't letting myself be free. I, I was attaching myself to that bond, bonding myself to a certain idea. Right. And that wasn't really the way that I, I should, maybe not I should, but to love myself. Yeah, so, that's right. It's not loving to be self-critical in that way. Remember, yeah. I've said this before. I'm going to keep saying it because it takes us so long to learn it. There's a real difference between discernment and criticism. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to be self-critical or harsh or mean or attacking of ourselves. Uh, it doesn't help, actually. Yeah, exactly. So um, it was just a beautiful learning um, from the retreat um, to think about how, what it means to be free and realizing that it's to love. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Great to yeah. be on retreat with you. Thank you. Okay. Anybody else? You got to raise your hand, Luke. No, no, you got to use. Okay, um, I raised my hand both ways. I didn't. Uh, that was. Oh, I interesting. You can hear me. Yeah, I can hear you now. I'm just seeing your hand raised now, and I see uh, somebody else has their hand raised too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that so. was interesting. You were talking about Jesus Christ tonight. Uh, 
Do Buddhists believe in Jesus Christ? Do Buddhists believe in what's true? Dharma means truth. And the truth comes in many forms, not just okay. Buddhist. And the truth can be found in almost, in some form, I believe, in every religion. Oh, okay. And it doesn't mean you have to go be Christian or become Jewish or Islamic or Hindu or whatever, but it does mean to see clearly the truth that may be in any of, and all of, that is in any and all of those religions. Okay. So Buddhists believe in some kind of God, right? You, you can, you talk about God. Yeah, but Buddhists don't believe in God. Buddhists, Buddhists are not so interested in belief. They're interested in what's true and what leads to freedom. Okay. And that, that it's a different perspective. And even uh, enlightenment is sometimes talked about as a shift in perspective, that that's what is being taught. And in different Buddhist traditions, there are the acknowledgement of certain gods or God, devas in the deva realm, the heavenly realm. And that's okay, but, but you don't have to believe in anything. See what's true right there in Luke's seat, right? Because that's where the Dharma is, right there, right where you are. Okay, thanks. Sure, thank you. Okay, Emily. Hi, Eugene. Hi, Emily. Hi, everyone. Um, uh oh, my computer is a little bit funky right now. Okay. Um, well, I'm trying to bring together a few different pieces in my mind about different things you talked about tonight and my experience. Because I was thinking about love and being curious mm -hmm. and being awake and present. And mm -hmm. um, so I think for me, a big barrier to loving and being loved is I've had chronic pain my whole adult life for 30 years since I was 19. Mm -hmm. And it, it's very distracting and preoccupying of my attention and brings me away from being present. It doesn't bring you away from being present. It's very hard to be present with other things. You're present with the pain, right? It's, it is, it's the pain becomes your teacher when you have chronic pain. And I've had my own, not 30 years, but versions of broken body and chronic pain. So, okay, let's just see okay. what, okay. Yeah, go um, ahead. And, but a lot of the pain is about fear. Mm -hmm. And actually what's more preoccupying is the feelings around the pain more than the right. actual pain. That, that's important. And that's the doorway to your freedom. Well, so, it feels very limiting around love because a lot of my pain is around self-protection mm -hmm. and um, open, being open. And so it feels like a necessary thing to keep myself protected. And I know that's not true on a theoretical level, but it's kind of the way I somatically experience things. Right. So, so like, yeah. Well, do you love anything? Yeah, I love a lot of things. 
Yeah. So what do you mean it keeps you from love? Because you love a lot of things. Well, but I guess I, I guess what I mean, I, it, you're right. It doesn't keep me from love. And I love people. Uh-huh. And I have deep, close relationships. Uh-huh. But Whoa, whoa, slow down. Okay. I want you to just stay and, and feel that for a second. The love that you, you know is here. You're telling me about it whether it's people or things or places or animals or, or uh, food, doesn't matter. The, and then you can turn your attention to the love that you already have, whether it's for food or sports like me or whatever it might be. The love is right here. I'm pointing at you, right? The love is right here. And is it okay to be aware of that? That's nice. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> but notice your your idea was you it, the pain keeps you away from love and you don't have love. Right. Right. And so letting go of our idea, our belief, is very, can be very freeing hmm. to see what's actually true. Okay, maybe I don't need to ask the rest of my question. <laughs> well, you could if you want. Let's see, but maybe you don't. I'm, I'm open to that too. Well, um, I guess then what I mean to be more specific is like, I have not been very open to romantic love. Yes, that's important. And that makes sense given the difficulties that you're living with, right? Right. And so can you be kind to yourself about that? That it hasn't happened so far. And then it becomes a little bit of proactive practice is well, what's needed, what would help, what would support you opening to romantic love? And I'm not saying, give me an answer here, but live with that question, live with that investigative question for a week or two or three and write down all your answers and start to see what might support your, your uh, openness because that's what get, can get closed down by pain. Yeah. It's not the love that gets closed down, it's the openness. Mm. And especially if we have a chronic difficulty we often project, nobody will love me because I have this chronic difficulty, right? And so I don't know if you have that, but that might be something to look for, to just see. Mm. Hold on, I have to, there's something that happens. The reason my computer crash is because of a whole electronic thing. I have to plug in a different plug to support my computer. Okay, good, good. Well, it's interesting because I was thinking about the curiosity and then investigation about like a bunch of times when we've been sitting at the beginning when I can notice like be present with the pain or the feelings around the pain, it shifts a lot, you mm-hmm. know, Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking about the curiosity and the pain and the love and kind of that connection. Right. So you may find that you love 
being even a little bit free of pain, which would really make sense to me. And so some of your practice may help support that. And it sounds like when you get present, it helps you relax around the pain, mm -hmm. right? And that's very freeing. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Good. Okay, Tomas. Tomas was on the retreat, I believe. Please uh, unmute yourself. Hi, Eugene. Hi, there you are. Now, were you on the retreat? No, I was in Diamond Heart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe 10 years else. ago. Yeah, okay. But, um, I, I, when I do meta, of course, it's there's a lot of love, right? Loving myself loving animals, loving a coyote, loving yeah. other people, loving people I don't like. And it, it uh, made me remember, um, I've been seeing a woman for a couple of months and it's been a couple of years since I've been in a relationship. And she texted me this morning that she felt loved by me. Uh -huh. So I, I was gonna text her that I, that I did love her and I then was noticing how scared I was of saying that because of all it could imply, I guess, in my mind that, you know, we're going to spend forever and ever together. And, you know, we're going to do that. Da, 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 da. And so I finally it's said, to, it's good to watch. Screw it. <laughs> I'm still going to tell her I love her uh -huh. and I don't have to go into any of the layers or details <laughs> uh -huh. but I was noticing you know how easy it is say to love uh you know to love my mother or to love an animal or to love wait, myself wait, but wait, to wait. not every not everybody can say that about their mothers just want to be clear here so so it's different for different people what's easy to love okay all right I hear you yeah yeah so I was just sort of, you know, feeling in the meta, oh yeah, love is this really great thing. You know, it's heartwarming and it's renewing and it's healing. And then I go to tell this woman, I'm on, I, I love her and it's like, ah! <laughs> right, so it's good so, to see, you know, it's the, good to see how you all the layers scared of loving, right? Because you have some ideas and beliefs about it. But, but the part of you that's aware of being scared can be really kind and loving to the part of you that's scared. Because that part okay. needs some love. Right? So please give the metta to yourself. Because that's all. That's just, and, and it's very normal. We often get scared about being vulnerable and love or, or even the question, what does it mean if I say I love you? right? It, why can't it just mean I love you? Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Oop. Okay. Lower your hand. Anybody else? Got time for one last question.
Hi, uh, Eugene. I'd like to share if I can. There it is, Jason. You were on retreat. I was definitely on retreat, and I I, uh, I I wanted to thank you. This recap, this sense of bringing all these wonderful uh, poems and practices back, is just is filling me with the continuity. I really appreciate it. But I I wanted to respond directly to um, something that Emily brought up about chronic chronic pain which is for me, it's, I don't have physical pain, but I have emotional pain that is really acute grief that happened when I was a little baby and I've lived with all my life. So I, I was thinking about like, wow, I've had chronic pain and I didn't even, until this retreat, I wasn't able to identify it. And so it was a very vague, difficult emotion. It kept me from love, kept me from loving myself. It kept me from loving in, in a lot of profound ways, like going for it, you know, that mm-hmm. I was always felt a little bit like I can't quite mm, go for it. Mm-hmm. And this little child is very afraid. But the, the at the retreat, I wanted to share, like, I got through it, I got through the grief, I actually experienced it. And it was sitting and, 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 and the self love that I experienced, both as a result of feeling the grief, and then the meta, mm-hmm. just was like a big open it was wide open. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm glad to be here because it feels like this continuing meta is the support. Mostly, yeah. I don't have a question. I'm just saying, hey, man, sure. you said one thing that really, you said, go for it. Mm-hmm. And sure. I haven't heard that from a lot of meta. And I haven't heard that from a lot of, um, in our practice, you know, the Dharma. It's like, but that's what I want to hear. And I really, really totally. go it. It. feel it. I, I'm going for it. And yeah. it, go for it. It's awesome. Thank yeah. you. Um, you know, that's what that's what Patrick Mahomes does when he's playing for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's going for it. That's what LeBron does every time he plays. That's what Simone Biles does when she's being a gymnast, right? That's why there's so much similarity between athletics or the the arts really on every level. You you can't play a beautiful piece of music without going for it right? And it's the same for the Dharma. We want to go for it. Now, the one thing I want to put in the room, though, is going for it means different things to different people. And it's not that we all go for it in the same way. And there's different styles of going for it and different um, flavors of going for it. And some are more tender and some are more fluent and some are more um, uh, um, sword-like and some are more uh, um, full, but and they're all going for it. It depends on who and what we are and what's needed to go for it. So I just want to make sure that's in the room. So you don't think you have to go for it like um, Jason goes for it, because Jason will go for it his way, and Nina will go for it her way, and Emily will go for it her way, and Miru her way, and whoever it is, whether it's Adele or Lloyd or Jim or or Paul or Lori, you everybody's got to go for it by coming, by landing here and becoming real with themselves, and then seeing what does it mean to go for it. So okay, thank you. Good to see you again. Glad you're on retreat. We'll take a moment and we'll send. Uh, we'll share the merit of our uh, good fortune. Even when there's computer dukkha like I just had, <laughs> I'm glad I know how to work with it now. I can get back online in about a minute or so. But um, 
offering our good fortune, may it go in every direction, in every world, in every realm, to beings in this realm and every realm, wherever they may be. May all beings be happy and peaceful. May all beings be free from suffering. May all beings awaken to love and the love that they are and the love that permeates reality. May all beings be free. everybody good to be with you uh, I think I'm here next week just to remind you to make an offering to San Francisco Insight it's greatly appreciated your Donna will help keep supporting San Francisco Insight and also some of that is given to me so I appreciate your generosity thank you um, yeah and check out check out Kai I forget his last name now but it's in the chat box check it out you watch him here i want to say one more thing i realized i didn't say this about him it was really interesting let me find it if, if you feel like waiting it will take me a second but it was it was one of the great dharma things about him oh yeah here and i'll tell you and i'm going to quote a friend of mine because i sent the video to jack cornfield because i thought oh jack would really like this and he sent me back a, a little a text and he said, oh yeah, this, this is great. He said, this, this kid, he feels himself to be immortal and timeless, and he is. He feels himself to be immortal and timeless, and he is. Okay, it's a good ending to the Dharma tonight. A lot of love to all of you. See you next week. Be Good well. to see you, Eugene. Thank, Thank you. Good to see you all. Bye. 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 Bye, everyone. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Faye. Happy New Year, everyone. Thank you. Happy New Year, Paul. Hey, Allison. Happy New Year. Get your phone. Hit you in a second, Ivan. <laughs> Hello.